0: I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff.
1: This is Travis!
0: Welcome to Undesign. Hey, Travis. How you doing today, buddy? Hi, Vinny. I'm, uh,
1: you know, I'm the the three Cs. The cool, calm, and collected, I'd like to think. Nice. Um, that's not going to last because, you know, our listeners have heard me talk before, so that's not going to last very long. But let's get, let's get into it. Um, I rolled a think day, so tell us about that thing.
0: You did. Are you saying that you're excited about this thing, and you, you uh, feel no, you might I'm, get uncalm? I'm no. I'm just. I'm just saying. I generally
1: get excited just for you no know, whatever whatever reason, like no reason whatsoever. I just go. I kind of go off. See, I start talking really really fast, and then people can't understand what I'm saying. But uh, I really get passionate about these random things we talk about. <laughs> you know what yes, I mean? indeed.
0: I do. I do know what you're talking about. And today so I'm just we've saying. Got I'm a- trying
1: to say. I'm, I'm trying to stay with the the three C's, but I, I'm quickly losing my cool. So you better fucking talk about this thing
0: all right well then let's get going so today's random thing okay is how do you properly use xp in a game or or that maybe the nature of both from a game design perspective and from a gm perspective i'd like to approach this from both sides but i think this is a rich topic right uh, uh, there's a lot, a lot behind it. Sure. I
1: mean, when, when you say, how do you properly use XP in a game? You're talking about more stuff than just XP. You're talking more about like, like advancement, right? And rewards, yes. things of those, na- that, that nature, you know, like there, that there's a lot of topics that, that kind of hover around XP that sometimes people don't think about probably when they're designing games. Um, cause all that stuff, like really when, when you, when you're saying, how do you properly use XP in a game? There's, there's some really like, there's some common sense stuff that a lot of people are going to miss. You know, it needs to be a natural flow. Like your your XP has to has to be has to come out in a natural way that doesn't break up the game experience. Like when you're writing your rules, you don't want to say give XP after every fight if you're going to be fighting every five minutes. You know, you don't want that because that's just going to slow down the action. And in an action-oriented game, you don't want XP to be thrown at characters for them to have to to tally up and then spend experience or level up in the middle of your game. You don't want that happening because that's just going to break everything up, right? Um, and that's totally unnatural. It needs to be like, a, and, and like another common sense thing, it has to be like a tangible advancement, right, at regular intervals so that you actually feel like you're growing as a character. So, so when you're writing your rules, you got to make sure that, uh, that these things happen at, at an interval, that it's going be, to be an enjoyable experience for the players in general. Um, and also, mo- most of the time, if you're writing an RPG, you, rewards have to suit the narrative, if possible, right? They have to... So, well, you know, a Master Swordsman isn't trained overnight, so when you get experience points and you give experience points to the GM or whatever, um, you don't want to instantly, you know, become a Master Swordsman. It needs to take time and practice. It, these you kinds hit. of things come to mind when I think about how to properly use XP in a game, both, both from, a, from you know, a GMing standpoint and as a designer.
0: Right. You you hit on so many good subjects there. I just I don't even know where to start. So I'm gonna try to just uh, yeah, jump just right in. Just pick
1: one. Just pick one that you
0: like and talk about it. All right. So let's let's start maybe with a bit of a history lesson, right? So this entire concept of XP. When you think about early XP, like because of course, as usual, we're dealing with something coming out of Dungeons and Dragons, right? So when you think of early XP, how did early XP get assigned? What was it given for? That sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, early D and D, all all the early iterations of D and D, had like monster-based experience. Like you kill X amount of things, you get this amount of experience because they are worth that much. You know, kobolds are worth 35 always, or something like that, and then dragons are worth ninety thousand every time, no matter what. Right. Um. So so it was just it was basically it was monster-based. Um. I, I I believe there were other rules uh built in like giving experience for other other things but mo- the bulk of experience was given from uh from from just uh, tackling monsters in battle and things like that
0: exactly and and you know so it was this very like combat focused thing in a lot of its early incarnation the game was seen as sort of this you know dungeon grind I'm sure we'll talk more about the history of d d during some other one I know it's a topic that's on our list but yeah exactly. And, you know, I think right away, my early memories of coming into it in second edition were that I immediately wanted to go away from that. Right. And I'm sure you might have had the same experiences I wanted to see. And, and certainly that was in there always as optional rules and like that. But they were t- to be fair. They've always had the idea that you could get rewarded for other things. What I'll say, though, is those rules were. Well, I'm going to call it... They were flimsy, man. Yeah, they were really flimsy. They were weak. They, you weren't even...
1: You were not incentivized to use them even as a GM. It was just like, they, uh, whatever. Like, people want to fight some monsters and get the experience points they get for the monsters. Like, that's what... That's like the mindset they, they, they funneled you into with, with the rules.
0: Yeah. It was like... I remember the numbers and, like, the potential rewards for storytelling stuff was so minimal, right? Like if yeah. the character XP, ro-
1: oh, I could kill a couple kobolds, you know. Right,
0: exactly. Like you did an amazing role-playing thing, have the equivalent of killing three kobolds. Like, yay. Right. Um no, I, I I agree. Whereas if your
1: if your character finished an arc, you know, and just like and had just like this great story and amazing things happened in, in that story and that character completely diverted the way the campaign was going in a great way that everybody enjoyed is should be worth something akin to what slaying that dragon would have been, you know? Yep. Because it's like, it's that much of an accomplishment.
0: Well, so I think you right there hit on the very first thing that I definitely want to touch on, right? Which is, and and you you absolutely mentioned this, but I want to put a fine point on it. I want to see if we can break this up into individual Yeah, concepts. yeah, everything
1: I said was pretty hazy, so go ahead.
0: All right, so concept number one that I think is super key when you're thinking about game design is... Your advancement. We're gonna. I'm gonna call it XP, often for short. But of course, we know that you can call it whatever you want. It can be any kind of reward. It doesn't have to necessarily be experience in yeah, that it's sense. advancement. Advancement. The the advancement reward, the XP, should reward and incentivize the behavior that you want. Right. Like if you want your characters to do to complete the narrative and to complete the story. And to do those things and role play well, or or whatever whatever thing happens to be, then that's where the thrust of advancement should come from, right? That should be a big reward for doing that, right? Absolutely, it should, and it
1: should be be balanced uh, uh, among the range of things you want to be happening in the game you're building, in the yes. game that you're creating for, and, and so so that your readers and the people who are putting these putting these rules into play can actually get an idea of what they can do in the game and make sure everybody has fun doing it because the advancement's there for for
0: all these fun things they can do right exactly so make sure that your your rewards match you're creating an incentive with experience right so make sure it actually matches how you want your play that's yeah that's sort of my my initial thought um the second thing i would i that I think about is and this is such a discussion going back okay like I my goodness, so much hay has been made about this next thing. All right? So when we think of the traditional advancement model of D&D, how XP is awarded. You basic whatever you do, whatever you're getting it for. Even if you're using all the optional bells and whistles and so getting it for role playing and stuff like that, right? You advance and then what happens? You you ding a new level as some class, right? Well, what happens is everything gets slightly better possibly in some way, right So your ability to dodge a fireball gets better, your ability to swing a sword gets better or cast a spell or or whatever right, right? an entire out. baseline moved. yes exactly. So you've got this very it's it's uh, long periods of nothing, as it were, broken up by big chunks of of like wham, a thing ticked. Right, this is, right. This is one of
1: those one of those unnatural feeling advancements uh, that I was pointing at.
0: Yep, and and also if you think about it, this is really the model that a lot of that a lot of video games, especially MMOs, adopted because they adopted this mm-hmm. straight from RPGs. Right. So some some do, some don't.
1: You know, think th- th- things have have gotten better.
0: <laughs> sure, but when you think about, it, there's still a lot of there's still a lot of MMOs that have been out there over the past you know twenty ish years that have said like you just level up, right? You gain right. life experience, yes. you hit a level. Um, so, so you got that, where everything moves, versus the incremental, what I'll call is, what you do is what you get, right? Sure. So yeah, it,
1: it, what you do is what you get, which would, which would mean you use a skill, you get, you can train that skill, you spend your advancement points or experience or whatever, you want to call it all on that skill, and so
0: forth, because you want to get better at it, and your character's been doing that thing, so let's get better at it. Right, yep, the more you swing a sword, the better you are at swinging swords, the more you make wicker baskets, the, the, the sweeter your wicker basket skill, making, uh, basket weaving skill gets, uh, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and, and, you know, so many people have talked about this and, and been, and, and had very deep, passionate feelings about this of, of one side of the other is stupid. And I just don't even care to me. The right answer is one, as we, as we always say, what's the rest of the, the game supposed to be Right uh, because if what you kind get, of game are you pointing at? because yeah. you know you can you can define what kind of experience you're going to need by what kind of game you're pointing at. Yeah, And to me, the the individual advancement, if you're going for a game that's trying to to have a higher amount of, I don't know, we'll call it reality, right? If you're trying to make a more realistic or, or pretty game, a more uh, or maybe even a more nuanced or detailed game then maybe that's the right way to advance, right? It makes sense in that context. If you're looking for something that's more like fast and furious and just kind of like not really, you know, you know, advancements may be less important in the sense of like, you don't want people to sit around and and really focus on these individual things. You just kind of like have a reward, pick some stuff, let's keep playing, right? Then maybe a more generic advancement path is the correct choice because mm-hmm. the point being, make it suit the overall holistic Design aesthetic of the game. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, a, a thing that a lot of MMOs do, and I haven't seen a lot of RPGs do, is combine the two elements really well. Because yep. MMO MMOs will often nowadays will have like you gain a level, and all of your you know your base stats go up, your hit points and stuff go up, but you also get like three points to put into specializations that you can continue to get better at as you level up or whatever, and yep. you kind of choose a, another path along with just that baseline going up. So that's an interesting combination that a lot of like pen and paper RPGs don't get into. Um, And it's interesting. I mean, I I haven't, I I, I haven't put a lot of, a ton of thought into it because I think it's a, it's a weird concept. It might be difficult to throw into a pen and paper game, but it still might work really well.
0: You know? I think it, I I agree. And here's the thing you, this is the, I'm so glad you said that because it's the perfect segue into, I'm going to talk about my favorite experience system of, Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. And that is second edition battle tech from the early nineties. The one the Okay. I think the last one made by FASA, I believe. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of familiar with it. Why don't you outline it real quick? Okay. Here's the long story short. The too long didn't read. There are two kinds of experience, okay? A P and S P. Okay. Adventure points and skill points. And when you complete when you complete an adventure you get an amount of adventure points based on the success of the adventure as judged by the GM. And by that, it means, like, they really tell you how interesting and fun the party was when they completed it. Okay, so Mm. by success, I mean success in storytelling, not like success of the mission, necessarily. Right, this is your
1: IMDb rating for for the narrative.
0: (laughs) Yes. So... Um, it could be, you know, the party could have made a ton of wrong choices and really screwed the pooch. But, but it could super- still have been fun. Yes, and they could have super advanced the narrative and all played their characters well, right? And they actually call that out very specifically that, like, people who play their character well and cause the narrative to go sort of, like, perhaps not in the most mission impossible, mission perfect way. That's right. The, the Steer thing.
1: into your flaws incentive.
0: Yes. So they actually point that out. That should be worth more. So you get some number of those. At the same time, you get skill points. And skill points you get in a couple different ways. You ready? It's very simple. One, anytime you roll a critical success or a critical failure in a skill, you get a skill point for that skill.
1: That's nice. There's, some, there, there, there are, there's a good parallel there between what you had previously said about story and... With the way your skills advance. Because both great things happen and bad things happen. And those are the things that advance your character and the story. So why not do that with yep. your advancement and your leveling, your XP, whatever you want to call it.
0: Exactly. I love it because I love normally when people critically fail something in a game. It's it's bad, right? And there's just that all that's there is the negative feeling of having rolled that terrible roll, right? But this... Suddenly,
1: suddenly you're like, oh, all right, well, you know,
0: it's a critical failure. Yeah. We'll learn from my mistakes. Exactly. It's the ultimate consolation prize. It's like, well, I cool. I screwed up. We're going to have to deal with that because I just didn't disarm the bomb that we're trying to disarm or whatever I did, right? I failed my underwater demolitions check. Um, but, hey, I get a skill point. And, you know, it's something, right? And uh, I, I love that little cross incentive that either you screwed up so bad you learned something or you succeeded so well you learned something.
1: Yeah, it's really a, a solid mechanic and
0: uh it's certainly an unsung mechanic too because you don't see that a lot in games. So Right. And here's my here's the final component, okay? Every month that goes by in the game of pure downtime because the nature of BattleTech is uh you know, it's a sci-fi game and so there's lots and like space travel isn't instantaneous. It takes a while to get across the inner sphere. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you can have a lot of downtime just traveling in ships as well. A lot of the like, quote unquote missions are military missions. So they're, um, as I made an allusion to earlier, they are long periods of boredom, uh, punctuated by, you know, intermittent moments of terror. So like, you know, if you're on like a, a, a guarded mission with your mechs, you know, you're just kind of like watching over a, a remote base. You could be sitting there for three months sure. or, yeah. or something waiting for an attack before something happens. Okay. so, it's very so, much, so do they also do they also incentivize that
1: period of time? like, yes. that's the that's the way they they they're yep. like, well, th- your, your character's still living and growing and breathing during this period of time. Yep. Let's not just gloss over it without any thought. Let's put some thought into it so that you 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 come out of it feeling as if you still you've still been a part of something, even though it's this kind of this blank space in other games.
0: yep. so every month that goes by, you gain skill points equal to your learn, which learn doesn't often like a lot of people feel like oh, it's it's not like the how to shoot a <laughs> it's not how to shoot your your mech's guns better stat right or something like that so people can often feel or can ignore it but they just boom instantly brought back in this immense value to the stat because in the end over over a period of time somebody who is intelligent and is good at learning can study and practice right, they have that much higher rate Yes, and advance, and that that's really cool. builds up over time. So it's there's this- a balance
1: there, a built in check and balance on its own.
0: Yep, exactly. It's a really wonderful sort of combination of all of the things we've talked about. And it's one of the reasons I love that system. It incentivizes downtime, which is something that, like, when XP only rewards action, right? And that's it. Players can feel like they don't ever want to stop.
1: Right. Yeah. Edges. it's it's really it's really a thing that should it's only suited to a very very
0: small stable of games games that are that are highly focused on that kind of play yeah and it's awesome because that because the game involves so much downtime and they want to incentivize you to participate in it uh, you know it, it, to actively and enthusiastically participate in it they gave you a reward for doing the thing that is in world love it and then on top of that you've got Specific rewards. You've got the general XP sort of concept. It's all it's it's sort of a kitchen sink approach, and but but yet each piece is intelligently placed, right? It isn't just like ah, eh, we'll randomly throw it in. You get a bunch of crap. Here you go. So I I really like that that sort of um breakdown, that spread, and that downtime XP. I think is something that is highly valuable and that more games need to latch onto. Um, more, where it would certainly
1: help with the uh, with with the, the the time jump phenomena, you know. So it gives gives people something to talk about, something to role play with um, during that period of time too. You know, so solid. I like it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, when when I'm running a game and people have downtime, I say, okay, you know, you're going to gain skill points equal to your learn. Um, what are you working on, right? What are you doing all over this time? You're you're on a ship, you're on your jump ship. You know, you're making your way across the the. Um, the Inner Sphere, what, what are you doing, you know? And so people will actually take up to, hmm, well, I got these skill points, what was I working on? Well, I. you know, I, I practiced with my sword, I worked on, you know, my mech, so I want to improve my tech mech or, or whatever, right? It forces them to actually connect their character's action to the mechanical reward by simply asking that question um, because it just naturally sort of aligns. Characters, I think players want to connect those two things, right? they they yeah. want there to be a reasonable connection this facilitates players
1: that. I, I think players love that kind of thing because it really makes them feel connected to the world that they're playing in so it's certainly a, a great implementation i like it i think you're right um and you know we should see it in more games let's write that into some games so let's
0: let's uh let's transmogrify that into something cool that we write next how about that i agree and so on the flip side when I think of a game that is generally more about fast moving and stuff like that, if I think about, like, D&D, and it tends to be about adventure, right? And less about yeah. sitting around and more about adventure.
1: Well, I what think... was that old that old game that was, like, uh, Starship Troopers?
0: Uh, uh, oh. Bug Hunter or something? Well, Bug Hunters was part of the Universal Engine system. Yes, yeah, so the Universal <laughs> Engine, right? Yeah. Like, it seems to me like that's the kind of game that would suit, like, that That really just,
1: like, let's just pack it into the combat, you know? Right. Fights, fights are, are, are what, what makes things
0: move. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, when I think of something like that, what what I think about with that game, and I think maybe this is is something that I've come to, and maybe you're in the same camp, I don't even believe in using experience as a number in a game like D&D, where if everybody, if everyone progresses at the same rate, and all of your, and all of your class, like all your classes or whatever you have progresses at the same rate, right? That is to say... Everybody hits level two at 300 XP or something like. That. Yeah, yeah. And, and you have these big moments of advancement, i.e., levels. Right? Then I don't even think you need XP anymore. I, uh, I, and I don't.
1: I don't. You. I don't use XP in that manner. If I'm playing a game system that uses that kind of deal, I use it as a like a like a measure of when I think it's time that that's when they have X amount of experience. They have the the amount of experience to level up like every you know every two adventures every three adventures whenever they hit a, st- a certain story point whenever they do something really really grand and i feel like they've they've accomplished something in the game uh, i that that's how i like i told out experience in a manner in which allows me to control that yep
0: exactly like that
1: that's where i always end up going with with my experience uh when i when i hand out experience sure Purists would hate that. I'm sure of it. Like uh, purists would just be like, what are you talking about? That's, that's garbage, you know? And if the players like, like saw through the illusion and were like, "Uh, we're not actually getting experience. We're getting from the monsters. We're just kind of getting a certain amount of experience. Then maybe it would be a problem. I don't know, but it's just what
0: I do. I'm in the exact same camp, and and I'll tell you what, as a player and as a GM, I like it much more. One, it cuts down on stupid bookkeeping. Like, I know that sounds silly because it's one number, but the reality is I just don't care to track it. Like, it's only relevant at one one experience point per level out of all the other experience points matters.
1: Yeah, Right, And and it's not, I mean, in, in games that have like varied experience tables, I still do the same thing. It's just the, the, everybody, you know, those characters are all at differing levels because of the varying experience. You know, remember like Thieves in second edition or whatever had. Yeah. Really yeah. fast experience. But if, you, if, if you're if you still just giving out a flat number, it's still a flat number. They're going to advance at the, you know, the rate that the game wants them to advance. So, all right.
0: Yeah, exactly. In, in a varied level system, say like a second edition, something like that, or an, uh, an osr clone something like that where where people don't advance universally um then at that point i switch and just give out a flat number every every x yeah. times right yeah exactly that way you you maintain that necessary parity if you just say cuz
1: it's built to be that way it's like built yes. built so that everyone's at a separate separate numbers so yep um but yeah but yeah the number becomes kind of it just it's not meaningful
0: in the way that was intended to be meaningful anymore right right exactly um to me I think that, uh, when I, when I look at experience, I think the big challenge that you want to avoid, and, and this is something that this is something from a, it's almost traces back to a core concept. So I think that, uh, I'm trying to think of exactly how to phrase this. I think that what the players want is actually deleterious to their own experience let me see if I can put some meat on those. But What players seem to like is having a lot of crap. Let's talk about something like d specifically. Is having a lot of crap on that level chart, right? Like every time I level, I get a lot of- to make a lot of choices and I get a lot of rewards. Right, right? stuff I- happens. Yeah, stuff happens. The problem is... Is that the more you pack onto that one experience point, right? As I said, the one that matters. Experience point number two hundred ninety didn't matter. Two ninety one didn't matter. Two ninety two didn't matter. Right. The only one that mattered was yeah, Everything in between. Everything in between becomes
1: less valuable. Right. The more you, the more you stuff on there.
0: Yep. So the more you pack on, the more you say yeah. That point is the only point that matters. The more it's easy. For characters to get on the level treadmill, right? Mm -hmm. To just be like, I don't care, I just want to hit the next level because I want all my sweet bennies, right? I can open the book as a player and look at the chart. It's there, it's in front of me. I certainly used that chart when I was making my character, right? And even if it, like, I'm not saying somebody who excels spreadsheets their, their character out to level 30, like many people we know who we've played with, done. Sure. We had a guest host a while back, a guy named Tom. Yeah, yeah, okay. who was known for the spreadsheet thing. I'm not even saying to that degree, I'm just saying most players will read ahead a level or two, right? I mean, they're going to yes, look totally. at the chart, everybody does. does, everybody's going to, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't have picked that class if they hadn't taken a look, at what's <laughs> right. Coming, you know, yeah, so. they're going to look at what the class entails like, what am I getting myself into here? Any sensible person is going to do that. So, yeah,
1: so the more that's there, the more they're like, oh, I got to get there. I, I yes. suck right now. I want to get better. I yes. want keep getting, to keep getting better.
0: Exactly. The more that becomes the only thing they can think about, and you get to the level treadmill. You know, I, I used to play with this guy a while back who is, uh, who made, like, when I myself, this is during third edition, I myself got caught up in the sort of level mechanic thing where I would think, like, okay, this character's going to suck until level 12, but then it's all going to come together. Right.
1: (laughs) That's a horrible way to look at a character. Really, it's a bad way to look at it. Right. It's awful. It's like, oh, so 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 12. That's that's 12 out of what what I would normally call 20. Right. That's like more than half of your character's existence in the world is you've already
0: resigned yourself to being crappy. You're just like, yep, this is going to be awful. So let's just get through that grind. We started a game once that I, that I knew was going to like 30th level because the, the, the GM said at the beginning, this is going to be a 30 level game where to use the epic level handbook. This is during third edition. And it's going to be a long game. And I said, okay, so when I went and made my character, I legitimately made a character that sucked until level 15. <laughs> yeah, yikes. I was like, but at fifteen this all comes together. Right.
1: And and it's not necessarily a failing on your part. It's just what the game was kind of telling you to do because of the way advancement's set up in those kind of games, especially in third edition.
0: Right. And so this other guy, this guy I played with, was like, is all you care about leveling? He's like, it seems like all you want to do is like go like this and clap and be rewarded. Like, yay, another level. Yay, another level. Like every few claps. He's like, if that cause that's all you're doing. His point was that like what you're doing to level up, you don't care. It's literally irrelevant. It's just some dumb, repetitive mm-hmm. thing. And all you care about is hitting the ding, right? And and I was like, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, like, he called me out on it, and it was right. So you got to watch how much you pack on there. Players want a bunch on there. But it's actually going to produce a worse experience yeah. for them.
1: You just need to re- just remember to try and try and keep things natural. Keep them keep yes. them feeling feeling like there there's a certain flow to it, so it doesn't. It's not just a, such a stark difference every time it happens. Yep. Um. Again, it's the the master swordsman overnight thing. Yeah. Like it's not that's not interesting. Like yeah, it may feel good once you get there, but whatever. It's not. It's not good for the health of your overall
0: game. Exactly. To me, it's about one breaking it up, having the off level bennies. We've talked about a couple ways to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Of having the of having, like, the way that the, the crit that I mentioned with the battle tech thing, having those things happen, right? So, you get those skill points midstream, or, you know, having other things that you can do in between levels that still, or, or whatever your demarcation point happens to be, mm-hmm. if you have a demarcation point. Obviously, some have none with the games we talked about that are just organic. Uh, a very, yeah.
1: And a, but a very simple way to, to enhance any experience like that is just to, to incentivize activity. You know, like if yep. you do this, then you get some stuff. You get better at it. Whatever. That seems like a good way. Like, even in your standard Dungeons & Dragons level-based system, you can add a a benefit like that somewhere into your game that's not based purely on when that ding happens. Um, And it it completely changes that that, uh, jarring moment. That happens every time you ding you know it's like in a video game whenever you ding like crazy fucking graphics happen and like stars and glitter and stuff yes. pops out around your character <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not how it's supposed to be in an rpg okay like that shit's not the way it's supposed to be going down
0: okay exactly yeah uh, I, I um <laughs> yes though yeah
1: it's why we call it a ding
0: you know mean, it's like it's ridiculous yep exactly no, and I, that's
1: that feeling.
0: I totally agree. That I think is the best. That you you've you've summed it all up right there. Yep, I I like it. Now, I I think you hit I don't know a stronger point to end on. To me, that's sure, undesigned. Yeah.
1: Um well, well Well. before hold on. Uh, it's not undesigned yet. So oh, oh, oh. I'm going to back off a little bit. All right. Um all that shit's undesigned. I just wanted to Make a little shout out to our our new music, our new uh, oh, intro yes. music and outro music, or however you're you're weaving that in there. Um, why don't you give a thanks to the to the to the the person that was so kind as to make new music for us? That's not some some stock standard stuff we we got off of an
0: open source <laughs> thing. We should thank people. You're exactly right. We we should we yes. should have like an end point where we say things about us. We have
1: like four listeners and that that person.
0: So we need to make nice. sure that
1: person sticks around.
0: That's a good point. Uh, yes, yeah, so special shout-out to the Red Wizard, uh, which is Kirk. I won't say his last name because I don't know if he wants me to say his last name, but Kirk, the Red Wizard, thank you very much. He reached out to thank me. Thank you, man, that a- shit rocks. It totally does. Sweet new theme song. Very excited about it. I love how well it times in with your wow during the opening. <laughs> I yeah. worked a long time to make those two align, like when I was messing around with compiling the file. Believe me, I I lined yeah. that up so that stuff's awesome
1: and that's all i wanted to say before we get out of here right we don't' give we we anybody else to thank or anything like that
0: well the only other shout out i'll give is if anybody wants to reach out to us with topics there is an email in the in the show notes in the description and people can feel free to email me with any topic things if you want to hear Travis and I talk uh about anything in particular and and give our our uh i guess ridiculous Uh, uninformed opinions about it. We're happy to to ramble about it. We
1: will do that for you people. Yes. All four of you, five of you with our music guide. There you go.
0: So thanks everybody. And that's Undesigned. Undesigned. See you next time, everyone.